0: That Traflon Show 266. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of That Traflon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictraflon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and first of all, I hope that you've had a really, really wonderful Christmas. On today's episode I interview Joachim Vilen, who is a triathlon coach from Sweden. He's himself a former professional triathlete and Olympian, and he's the head coach of the high school triathlon program Mutala Riks Triathlon Gymnasium, which has the objective of developing the up-and-coming top talents of Swedish triathlon. But uh, previous graduates of the program also includes in its Hall of Fame, so to say, Uh, Somebody like Vasco Vilasa, who is still coached by Joachim and who took a surprise, very impressive second place in the ITU Triathlon World Championships in Hamburg in 2020, just behind Vincent Louis, who won the World Championships. So in this episode, we discuss things like long-term athlete developing, coaching young athletes and uh, the basics of triathlon performance, how to build it from the ground up, which you have to do when you're starting with, with young athletes and, and what it takes to get to the top level. Because obviously, the ultimate goal would be for, for these athletes to go on and become elite professional draft athletes and uh, typically on the draft legal Olympic pathway. And although a lot of the episode is about developing young athletes and draft on the elite pathway, the Olympic pathway. We do get into advice for age groupers and also some training philosophy, training methodology that uh, applies to everybody. So there's something here for everybody, I'm sure, and I hope that you will enjoy the interview. But before that, big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. If you are doing a lot of indoor training this time of year and you find that you are sweating a lot then chances are that you might be losing a fair amount of sodium, in particular if your training is intense or long in duration. Uh, One thing that you should do if you haven't already done so is to go to precisionhydration.com and get a free hydration plan because that way you can get uh, a good ballpark estimate for how much sodium you actually lose in your sweat And that has been validated against medical-grade equipment measurements. So it'll be a great starting point. And if you find that you, in particular, that you lose uh, a good amount of sodium in your sweat, then definitely thinking about how to replace that in your training is uh, pretty important when it comes to performance in your workouts, but also recovery from one workout to the next. And uh, the more you train, the higher the volume, uh, the more important this becomes. You can get your Precision Hydration electrolytes for 15% off with the promo code DETRIATHLONSHOW15 on PrecisionHydration.com. And thank you to Roka that you can find on Roka.com. Roka are the world-leading manufacturers of wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear, and prescription glasses and sunglasses. And in those latter categories, they have some really cool new features uh, available that I mentioned last week as well. Roche can now add blue light blocking coating on any pair of eyeglasses. This does not change your glasses in any other way than it blocking the blue wavelengths of light that is emitted from screens and that can make it more difficult to fall asleep and uh, have sleep be more disrupted and not as deep and high quality. So a very important thing in this day and age. Uh, check that out. An exciting new option in the eyewear category and also if you are preparing for the new racing season and you are looking to get more opportunities to race hopefully than we had in 2020 then maybe it's time to look over your Traflon wardrobe and equipment uh, bag do you have your wetsuit that you want to for the 2021 races do you have a tri suit and swim skin if you're going to be racing in Kona for example swim skin would be really great to have So check out those things, Uh, Roca has uh, really superb options in all of those categories which is why they're trusted by some of the best triathletes on the planet. You can get 20% off your Roca order with the promo code that you can get on roca.com forward slash TTS. Now without any further ado, let's get into the interview with coach Joachim Villan. Welcome to That Triathlon Show Joachim, how are you doing today? I'm fine, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's uh, my pleasure. Uh, why don't you start by introducing yourself a little bit and tell us more about your background in the sport and your current role and uh, and so on, so the listeners get to know you a bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Joachim Villian and I work as a coach teacher at uh, Motala Triathlon Gymnasium. Uh, that's a place where youth and juniors can combine uh High school studies, I think it is, in in America or Portugal, uh, with their triathlon training. Um, and we have uh, a group of twelve to sixteen athletes right now. We have a really good group, uh, ambitious and fantastic in all ways. Um, and before I started to coach, um, I started out as a swimmer and. Uh, From that, I transitioned into triathlon and uh, uh, about junior age. um, And as a triathlete, I was very interested in training and psychology. So when I stopped triathlon at 2005, uh, and I got the opportunity uh, by a good friend of mine to start at this uh, uh, triathlon gymnasium, Michael Toren. Uh, it felt pretty, uh, what do you say, uh, neutral or uh, good. <laughs> um, and uh, during this time, I have been uh, studying elite coaching and uh, uh, teaching and um, I have been here now for 15 years, this year.
0: Yeah, oh, that's, uh, that's a nice milestone, getting out getting to 15 years. And you went to the Sydney Olympics as an athlete, didn't you?
1: Yeah, back in, uh, back in the days, 2000, uh, I managed to qualify to, uh, to, uh, to the Sydney Olympics. Uh, it was um, a great experience. I mean, it was a fantastic games. And uh, um, yeah, it was uh, good times
0: and uh with the the group that you're coaching at Mutala, so as you say it's high school level so from roughly 15 to 18 years old more, more or less and uh and, and that's the focus there is to the olympic pathway so to say so short course draft legal racing is the, the primary focus
1: yeah um they, they uh, 15 16 and then uh they have the opportunity to, to do the study some four years, so they uh, are 20 when they leave us. Um, and as you say, we go short course uh, uh, more or less, yeah.
0: Mm. And uh, one uh, impressive point on your CV that, that I also want to point out is that uh, you coach uh, Vasco Villasa, Who's uh, very familiar to us here in Portugal uh, for <laughs> getting second at the ITU World Championships in in Hamburg behind uh, Vincent Lee uh, this year in 2020. So uh, can you tell us a bit more about about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, Vasco uh, uh, started us us uh, at uh, 2015, and since that uh, since that I have. Uh, me and Marcus, uh, who is the swim coach at the gymnasium, we are two, two coaches, uh, me and Marcus, so we are two about that. Um, uh, then we have followed um, uh, Vasco um, and his, uh, in his sport. And uh, for two years now, I think, he's in shopping, uh, and uh, I still coach him and together with Anders Holmets, uh, which is his uh, swimming coach
0: right now um and it, yeah yeah great so um can we s- discuss a bit around your coaching and training principles uh, w- what are the the things that you consider to be the, the most important uh, things when when it comes to triathlon training or triathlon coaching
1: uh, as a coach i think about the the culture and, and the environment a lot uh, trying to to create something where good uh, uh, ambitious athletes want to be uh, that they feel safe and uh, also trying to create a lot of curiosity how to become better and how to solve problems and and um, if there is obstacles how do we uh, take us beyond the obstacles <laughs> um, so, so the the, the, the envir- create, creating the environment is very important for me um, second to that, uh, I guess it's uh, just creating good relationships with the athletes, like uh, getting to know them and uh, understand them, and uh, see what they need and uh, how to respond to training, monitor the training, and uh, and of course give support and and trying to challenge challenge them as well. And um, last, but uh, of course, we want to create a really good daily training quality, so to speak, like uh, with consistency, uh, right load at the right time, and uh, on an individual level.
0: It's uh, really good that you bring up things such as culture and uh, and encouraging the athletes and or building an environment where the athletes are encouraged to take ownership and be problem solvers uh, because Mm. those are the types of things that are i guess difficult or impossible to quantify so i think a lot of athletes and even coaches may underestimate the importance of those but it's that old adage of uh, just because you can measure it doesn't mean it's important and the uh, the reverse also applies that something that you can't measure can still be very very important and uh, Mm. definitely something that uh, i haven't discussed that much on this podcast in the past necessarily so Mm -hmm. i think it's really good that it comes up here but uh, absolutely those are some some really key skills and i think especially what resonates with me there is when it comes to the problem solving i think any athlete in their career is going to come run into challenges obstacles Mm -hmm. and uh, setbacks and uh, knowing how to deal with that learning how to deal deal better with that is really what might set a successful athlete, apart from somebody who doesn't make it at the level that they, they could have otherwise done.
1: Yeah, right on point. Like the ownership and and uh, uh, also handling success and failure, as you say, uh, like Vasco. Uh, if if it's going overboard, uh, if it's going very fast forward, you can lose it and and make the right uh, wrong cho- uh, choice. Uh, um, but as well as, as you say, with mistakes, uh, if you keep on doing them over and over and again, uh, with juniors, you, you need to let them do mistakes because they're not ready. <laughs> it's a big training camp until they get to senior level or senior uh, competition. But uh, they need to at least do less in, in some uh, how over the years, yeah.
0: Can you give some specific example on how you a create the right culture and be uh, create great environment where the athletes uh, are allowed to uh, basically yeah to overcome challenges and uh, be problem solvers what, what what would some specific examples be of, of those two things
1: good culture i think the baseline from that is like safety and curiosity uh, say uh, And safety is like you need to have a stable coach, stable environment that uh, you know uh, that this is it. This is uh, our values. This is how we do things. Uh, uh, we have kind of, we know what our vision uh, vision is and we're holding ourselves accountable to that. um uh, honesty is is uh, crucial Uh, but of course i mean joy and and doing it together um, is also really big cornerstones
0: yeah and you mentioned there getting the training load right and uh, the consistency aspect of it and uh, this leads into the following question which is around long-term athlete development so Mm. How do you view long-term athlete development from the perspective of, of the group of athletes you're coaching that come to you when they're around 15 years old? What What's the progression there? How how do you make sure that they can stay consistent? Can you elaborate a bit on that? Uh,
1: yeah, we, we need to take approach, like uh, coach them for a career and not for a year and, and prepare them for senior training. So... so uh, Today, maybe you see too much senior training on junior level. Um, so, so we are very... I mean, consistency also com, comes in here. If we, we start with an athlete and uh, we see where the athlete is right now uh, and just take one small step forward. Uh, and and we are, we are doing development. So, so we will maybe get some... Uh, obstacles but but but, and then we uh, take a step back but then we take then we know that and we can keep that uh, we do just do that that we can keep over long periods of time Um, and i mean we also need to um, leave room for development like uh, uh, we cannot take out all the training as juniors we, we need to leave so they can still develop at 25 years which is very hard to find things that we can um, continue to make uh, development at that age
0: so when it comes to the pure the question of training volume and i know that's not everything that we're yeah. going to discuss here but but in terms of volume where might the athletes be starting out when they come to you for the, during the first year and where might they end up in the last year whether it's they do the high school over three or four years what, what is just as examples obviously it can vary depending on the athlete
1: yeah as you say uh, it's a small sport in sweden so it varies a lot but uh, uh, we have uh, everything from eight to ten hours and uh, maybe ten to twelve I would say, um, a couple of athletes like uh, Gabriel Sander and Vasco Vilaca and, uh, Andreas, uh, Carlson. that. They, they came in with a little, uh, different, uh, they have come a long, a longer way uh, in, in the background. So they may be a little bit higher and, uh, then we just follow. This is
0: eight, eight, 8 to 10 or 10 to 12 is for the first year. When.
1: For the first year, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, so we need, so we see that they can be consistent on that. And uh, then it's very individual how they respond to the training. Like uh, if they are robust and can go forward uh, a little bit faster than you maybe would say that the norm is. Um, but um, if we, if I take an example like uh uh a, a boy who is in the 3rd grade right now he started at 8 10 and uh now he's uh, uh sneaking at 18 to 20 years uh, 20 uh, hours a week uh training yeah. yeah yeah and uh, i mean in the 4th year if they uh, they around 20 to 25 yeah
0: Mm. and what about uh, things like technical aspects of the three disciplines Uh, how does that how might that change from year one to year four is there more of a focus on that earlier and then it becomes more of the physiological development later or is it fairly uh, similar uh, across the entire time with you at Mutala, what what is yeah what does that look like
1: um yeah first we're trying to get them fit so so form first i would say so, so we uh, try to get the volume and the frequency up uh, and then we see the technique develops as well but uh, and we may be not super keen on on like drills if we say that uh, that that is technique we we do like Accelerations or heels or sprints—that's our uh, technique base that we do. Uh, we still do it in the continuous moving, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, then we do some drills, but uh, that is not important. Uh, we try to do heels and acceleration, and then maybe give them some cues or feedback on on that. And that that we see is enough. And um, uh, we keep doing the the acceleration and the hills and uh, that uh, the, the the things we see there. It's that it, it uh, keeps ticking the
0: technique uh, year by year, kind of. Yeah, and and in finally in terms of intensity, how does that develop over the years? Um. Yeah, uh,
1: you mean the the, the sessions? Uh, the how how big the intensity yeah, research things yeah. like
0: things like how big the intense sessions are how many of them you might be doing and like how big a proportion of the overall training it might be
1: yeah exactly we, we we're quite low on the intensity sessions uh, to start so, so they go in in the first year they're youth and uh, second and third year they're juniors and the last year they are U twenty three, so we start to look at twenty minutes. If you if you're talking about some kind of threshold work, if you use that name, <laughs> uh, medium uh, intensity, they uh, mm-hmm. around twenty minutes. And uh, if you look at the higher intensity, we maybe do in the early stage of uh, base training six times thir- thirty seconds uh, hills. Uh, on the on the speed side a- yep. and uh, as a junior you you pick it up to 30 minutes of medium intensity and then you go to maybe eight hills as, at, uh, as a as a as a junior and and at uh, u23 they they go to 40 minutes uh, and, and then they have uh 10 minutes more uh, when they're seniors and then you have those 50 minutes to 50 to 70 minutes as a senior um, where a medium uh, so to to speak uh, session should be for a senior
0: athlete Mm, yeah so when you said earlier that you see a lot of uh, youth and junior programs being too much looking too much like senior programs is that does that refer to both the overall volume and the amount of intensity uh how big the sessions are in terms of intensity in them or or what are the specific things that go wrong that you see in some junior programs when when they train too much like seniors Uh, uh, i don't know
1: for sure but um, um depend on which uh what you say group you look at but um uh, mostly, I think it's too much intensity in the junior age uh, and too much uh, specific training. Um, I, I think there should be more, like I said, more to volume and frequency and small doses of uh, intensity so they can handle more intensity when they get
0: older. Yeah, and you also mentioned they having still having room to grow when you're in your early 20s and not maximizing it all in two years but which makes sense to me because then like it's a much bigger risk than Mm -hmm. than actually uh, leaving a bit of room to grow and potentially you can grow your ceiling higher than what you could otherwise if you try to do it too quickly yeah yeah, and and you
1: you build like uh, what you say solid athletes so they can handle this hard harder or more maybe not more but uh, the bigger medium intensity and a specific training later on yeah
0: Yeah. so so other than the things already mentioned here are there any other kind of advice that you would give to to athletes of this age that might be listening uh, in terms of things that they should and should not be doing um, as always, it
1: takes longer time than you think, uh, especially at that age, you want to be as good as you can tomorrow, but, um, uh, if you want to be as good as you can, it, it's going to take, yeah, like you, you know, the science like 10 years or something like that before you, uh, become really good. And, uh, I think also, uh, as we said uh, about the environment, I think it's good to put yourself in in a good environment uh, where you see uh, youth or juniors or seniors uh, consistently uh, doing develop and and do good results and uh, uh, maybe that it's not uh, too much injuries, like uh, but just good development over time with both girls and boys and. Uh, uh, And mostly that they become good as seniors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if we go into some more specifics around the training, uh, could you give us an overview of what a typical training week might look like uh, in your squad? Um, Yeah.
1: As uh, as I said, they have uh, a a student in in the first grade, maybe start on... uh, Two, two swims two bikes two runs and if uh, they have a bit more of a swimming background they maybe start at four swims and two bikes and two runs and and so on but uh, uh, we're trying to to put uh, we have very good uh, swimming facilities so we try to work a bit around the swimming so, so I would say uh, that it's that's it in year one and, and then we just try to put on uh, another bike and another run and uh, another swim uh, as we see yes they can uh, and don't get any holes in the training during uh, one year uh, so, so so then you when you're year three you're gonna have like four or five in each discipline um, and uh, that uh, the intensity uh, sessions are, are quite, uh, stable or they are two in each disciplines. Uh, but l- like I said before, smaller and becoming bigger, uh, as you progress.
0: Yeah. So, so if we talk about somebody on, in, let's say their third, third or fourth year, mm. um, what, how would those, where would those sessions be within the week, and uh, yeah, can, and, and this can you describe what they might be? For example, we can talk about this time of year we're in recording this uh, early December. so uh, so what kind of intensity are you working on right now?
1: Um, uh, in Yetri, uh, we have uh, we can take the boy as I talked about before. He has uh, due to corona, he just have five swims, uh, but he can do six. Um, He's a very strong biker, so uh, we limit that to four uh, and uh, putting on another uh, on the run. So he has uh, five runs. And uh, on that, he has uh, two smaller strength sessions, uh, like with the bar, but mostly technical stuff. Uh, And um, uh, right now, uh, we are... uh, In early base, we just uh, done the first base uh, period, so we transition into some. If we take the run, we do some hills, and we starting uh, uh, usually at six hills, and um, then we have the building of the tempo progression run uh, is the is the another one, and on the bike we have uh, a bit of uh, what do you say. when you increase the speed from one to three in uh, in shorter intervals. Um, yeah, like a pro- progression? Yeah, progression. Uh, let's say it's uh, 18 times, 30 seconds, and we do that uh, uh, easy, medium, hard several times. Yeah. And um, then also the basic uh, tempo. Uh, we start at 15 minutes and uh, uh, like... The if he's in year three, he stops at thirty to so thirty-five minutes, and and building the speed over that time. There, yeah, and, yeah. The, and the swim uh, also the same pattern, <laughs> almost like uh, longer thresholds around two two thousand meters, and some uh, speed uh, like fifties so or seventy-five meters, uh, uh, e- even pace or uh, progressions one, two, three, yeah.
0: Mm. And how might this look when we hopefully have a bit of a racing season uh, around next spring, next summer? Yeah. What would that week look like at that point? Um uh,
1: in uh, the last four weeks before or, uh, how yeah. yeah when we're
0: in bas- basically close to racing,
1: close to racing. Yeah. Then we uh, probably are on the track and doing some, uh, track workers on the run. Uh, instead of, uh, uh, straight tempos, we probably do break it down to, uh, uh, uh bro- broken, uh, medium runs, uh, on the bike. It's a lot of time trialing a, a lot, uh, once a week um and uh, uh the other session on the bike is uh, a, a longer uh, race pace tempo kind of workout <laughs> uh, yeah. and and, uh, and the and the then the swim follow the the same like uh, uh more race pace yeah
0: yeah And then for the kind of endurance sessions that that are not the intense sessions, uh, what are the? Can you describe them a bit more? For example, how do you prescribe them? Is it just an endurance, easy or steady feeling, or do you have heart rate targets, or pace, or power targets for your athletes? How long are they? Like, do you do anything like long runs, or what is a long run or a long ride for for this? group of athletes
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: we mostly go by fields, so, so we start at uh,
1: easy medium hard kind of um, and that's also depending on the session uh, so you you should always end the session in in good form not breaking the technique for that's uh, a crucial part if you break the technique in each uh, ending of the the session you you kind of mix with your technique i think um and um, then we're trying to find what's best for, for the athlete. Uh, but we also use uh, pacers like uh, the the older athletes need to know. They know the pace that they do on the tempo progression runs. Uh, and then we just put the younger people on that train, so to speak. <laughs> and um, uh, so, so we're very controlled on the medium. and. Uh, on the harder um, sessions. Uh, It doesn't have to go too fast. And on the easy runs, uh, we usually say that we cannot go slow enough uh, or it can go very slow depending on on the feel of the day. Of course, you have different power profiles like um, a a diesel can maybe go a little bit faster on the uh, easy days. Maybe even if you say somewhere in between medium and easy. Uh, but if you maybe a bit more power profile, you need to keep the easy days really easy. But uh, overall, it's better to start choosing the, the easy pace for quite a long time, maybe a year, just to see how, you, how, you, um, uh, how it turns out.
0: Yeah, and and what about the duration of the longest workouts? How how long long runs might you build build up to and long rides?
1: Uh, long runs uh, would be uh, they, they starting on forty five minutes uh, and uh, they go up maybe to eighty or ninety minutes um, uh, if they can do that. And uh, on the bike, they do we start on two hours and uh, uh, year one and two stops on three hours and uh, then they go four and five hours uh, in year three or four Uh, but we also like Vasco this is this was his first year with double runs and then then a double run day can be like uh, a run of 25 k's and then another small run of 30 minutes with uh, 6k and then you have like uh, 31k in one day
0: yeah and uh, if we go into some specific advice for the different disciplines just uh, if you have a couple of ideas suggestions for how to train effectively in each of swimming biking and running uh, and Mm -hmm. starting with swimming what, what would a couple of key points be for effective swim training
1: uh, it's differs. if you have a good swimming background you, you can of course do less and keep that energy to to develop the, the bike and the run uh, but if you're not a swimmer which most uh, triathletes, uh, I mean real swimmers, <laughs> uh, they are can be very good triathlon swimmers but uh, you can back off uh, but if you're not a, a swimmer you need to uh, you cannot take breaks, you need to have swimming all the year around until you uh, lift it, so to speak. uh, That becomes stable. Uh, And then it's crucial to not take breaks. Um, And uh, if you look at the progression there, we we start easy, but uh, and not now in corona times, we try to build up to 30k a week uh, for yeah, really. From year two and three, uh, we try to hit 30k a week uh, uh, in an average. So that means that you some some weeks have 25 and some weeks 35. Um, otherwise, it's uh, it's the variation, like we spoke uh, about, uh, from the base training to to the race pace uh, early season, uh, small. Stimulus of uh, speed and and, uh, and um, threshold. So, if you use that term, and uh, medley, and then the, uh, the variation becomes open water instead of medley and, and longer uh, speed and medium intensity.
0: What is the reasoning for using medley? Um, yeah, it's it just a developed
1: technique and the overall water feel. Uh, like you see, swimmers, uh, they can handle all the, the strokes very well. Um, and the base for uh, a swimming youth mostly goes to medley and then maybe they can choose uh, the stroke when they become older. But um, I, I do i just think it's developed overall uh, water awareness and technique for freestyle and uh, um, of course you 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 get the pressure of only swimming free freestyle as well the load the load on the shoulders and uh, all the other but but that's in the base that then you as a Triathlete, of course, must leave that because you don't swim as a swimmer as much as a swimmer. So, you, so when as, when you get closer to to uh, race season, you need to do as much freestyle as you can. <laughs> um, but still, in the base, it's good uh, a good variation. We we uh, what we think and what we've been seeing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and how important is open water uh, swim training? Um, yeah yeah.
1: it can i mean you you develop good swimmers in the pool and uh, of but of course uh, it can make small differences but uh, where you need to start and how to run the boy but uh, that's just small small adjustments compared to developing a good swimmer i think Uh, i think the the world championship in open water gym, uh, swimming is a is a pool swimmer, uh, s- so the swimming is the most important. And uh, if it's really difficult conditions like waves and uh, uh, small stuff like tactical or technical, you maybe need to to adjust to those, but uh, not very important now.
0: Mm and uh, can you give a similar overview or some uh, thoughts around general general thoughts around bike training yeah the the bike is uh, mostly
1: time in the saddle I think uh, uh, that's the easiest part almost uh, as long as you're not too afraid going around corners or going downhill that then you need to uh, develop that uh, but it's mostly based uh, on strength uh, hills and uh, hills and hills yeah <laughs> Yeah. we do a lot of hills on the bike uh, that we see is good for, for for triathlon so so you you come off the bike pretty fresh or, or good solid uh, to 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 have a good run off the bike
0: are you able to bike outdoors uh, most of the year or i mean you still get you're not in the very cold parts of sweden of course but you still might get snow and uh, you still might get periods where it's uh, freezing or sub freezing and at least like slippery conditions on the roads how much are you forced to maybe train indoors on indoor trainer Uh, that's the tough part i mean uh, when it's going
1: around zero they do Five sessions a week or ten hours a week on uh, indoor trainer, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. Do you think that that builds some mental toughness in the athletes?
1: <sighs> Hard to say. I, I would, uh, I would bike outdoor if we could. Uh, yes, uh, then I see that we can sometimes do very good controlled uh, interval sessions indoor and uh, the things with swift can also have a uh, be a fun part but uh, uh, they understand it that they need to bike and we cannot bike outside so we uh, the, the the biggest difference is almost the, the drive of the paddles like you don't have any micro pauses indoor so you get quite good and just paddling um, and outdoor you always have it's not totally flat so you can kind of ease off and ease on yeah yeah uh, but i i don't know for sure now.
0: and uh, when you mentioned hills uh how long hills do you have available and how how do you use those hills uh, that's a very good question we have uh, we live on the flatland
1: in sweden so uh, it's not very hilly but we have two two hills um, one short and steep it's almost 15 percent. it takes about three minutes uh, and we do uh, that, or we uh, extend it. But then we do, uh, we start uh, further away. So one minute becomes uh, one minute before the hill, and then three minutes up the hill. And if we do five minutes, we do one minute before the hill, three minutes up the hill, and and five and one minute after the hill. Uh, and then we have. A hill that hill or a slope or uh, two hills maybe you could say uh, that it's six minutes and uh, yeah that's what we use for our hill training so so when we come to that training we we, uh, we know where we're going <laughs> and they have done yep. it uh, uh, in the same hills in for uh, every four years yeah
0: yeah so, so when you're using those two hills the 3 minute and the 6 minute hill um would the the steeper one the 3 minute hill be you would do some more maximal like vo2 max type of efforts 5 times 3 minutes or does it depend could you also do more like 10 12 reps of more moderate threshold like intensity do how do you, basically the question is does the duration of the hill impact on how you choose which intensity you Use in the
1: workout? No, but both are medium uh, in in the preparation and the base and uh, the last bit. We we don't do the hills and then we do the time traveling, as I said, and then the flat uh, tempo uh, riding. Okay. So, so 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 we try try to transit from getting the strength from the hills and and the the last bit to the. The races we do, on do it on the flat, got, it. A- and then the the intensity goes up on that
0: on that part. Yeah, mm. and uh, running. Finally, what's your overview on that?
1: Um, same as that, uh, maybe uh, as the bike, uh, a lot of hills. But um, uh, I would say it's more like uh, towards healthy. That we don't uh, do everything we can to stay uh, uninjured, um, because if it's happened on running, it takes quite a long time to, to get back into running. So, so uh, mainly, uh, we do the things that keep us h- healthy, um, but also a lot of hills in, in the base, uh, and, uh, tempo runs that build strength. Yeah. You
0: know? Yep. What would the breakdown be of uh, if if you have somebody who is training, let's say they're training fifteen hours per week? Mm-hmm. How many of those hours might be running versus swimming versus cycling? Just as a very rough example.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, if you take uh, this uh, boy again, uh, he's trying to swim uh, right now, though with the corona and, and limited uh, swim time. 25 to 30 k a week, and uh, doing uh, 10 10 hours on the bike, and he he does five runs, but he's in the beginning of that, so so it's um, quite modest. I mean, it's three or four hours.
0: Yeah. All right. And uh, well, one, one more question uh, is uh, around doing things like running off the bike, uh, brick workouts. Um, do do you use that much, or or and if you do, how, when, and how would you would you use that?
1: Uh, not a lot, but uh, th- they do. They still do like swim, bike, run, uh, uh, four days a week. Uh, but with the uh, pause yeah. in between uh, like different uh, sessions uh, and this, so not much in base or, or preparation but uh, in the last uh, run towards the the races we uh, we do a short transition work just to uh, yeah get the feel of the first K on the run uh, and uh, so, so they can feel how, how it feels
0: yeah one thing I want to com- come back to around the intensity discussion we had is you mentioned that a lot of it is uh, controlled and-, and that is uh, a key key aspect to it. When it comes to swimming, is that the same there? Because swimming, especially in a group environment, more often tends to be, you, you do often have a lot of quite high or all-out intensity yeah. in there depending on what type of training you're doing but uh, how how do you view that so, What what is your swimming looking like from that perspective
1: no i i agree with what you're saying uh like i'm not a, the swim coach right now uh, like we have marcus and anders but uh, uh just like you say they have more in the easy like i would go on the bike and the run, the, the easy the, uh there is more uh on the endurance side it's more the easy is more in between medium and easy and uh, it's also more high intensity because uh, i don't know but you can do it on the swimming Uh, so so it's more more sprints and uh, a little bit higher intensity overall when you do this progression one to three uh fifties uh of course it's quite high intensity on the third one yeah Mm. and it's a a little bit above bike and running uh i would say
0: yeah okay so yeah on average it is more intense yeah yeah um when it comes to mental uh, skills development of the psychology of the athlete what what are your thoughts around that uh, is that something that comes from the athlete primarily themselves or is that something that you can help as a coach with and and how yeah how, how do you view the mental skills development the
1: mental skills yeah they have every athlete comes with a background so so of course there are athletes that believe a lot in themselves and uh, belie- believe a let uh, a little bit less in themselves and uh, how we work around that is uh, or how i think about that it, i think it's crucial for us uh, coaches to make the athletes succeed in training and in racing and from that you develop uh, self-esteem and become a stronger athlete if you put your athletes in in too many situations where they fail and fail that's going to take a toll on the uh, self-esteem i think
0: Mm. do you see any difference between the girls and the boys Uh,
1: good question Um, not no 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 not really I would say maybe how they handle it but uh, I mean boys go quiet and, and maybe girls go a little bit more outspoken depending on if you succeed and or, or fail uh, but uh, no success builds uh, strong mentally athletes yeah hmm.
0: what do you think are the things that you would advise age group athletes amateur athletes uh, what would you what would you advise them uh, in terms of just generally becoming better athletes considering that they usually have full-time jobs maybe a family and uh, it's a very different situation usually they're not training for draft legal racing or the olympic pathway it's quite often long distance or even if it's short distance it's non-drafting so, so do you have any any specific things that you would advise age groupers? To, to do to train better become better athletes uh, uh,
1: it's a limitation uh, I understand that but I still would say try to get those small session in like uh, 30 minutes if you have a, a solid framework try to get 30 minutes run or 30 minute bike so you do more frequent frequent training because if you do that every week you, you you will end up with uh, more base in the end.
0: Yeah. And if what, what if you are somebody that because we do have a lot of listeners that do train quite a lot, say mm. ten to fifteen hours, even more. Of course, but but I think ten hours is quite normal for a lot of yeah, athletes yeah. to get in. Uh, do you have any anything that you would say that you would advise differently? compared to what you have described that you do with the youth athletes, considering that they're maybe training for, let's say, a half-distance uh, triathlon? Uh,
1: not really. Um, maybe that's a generalization, but uh, I, I, I tend to see that eight troopers do the slow a little bit too hard, and then uh, the hard, of course, going to be, be uh, you, you, you take the edge of that. So, so, like I said to my uh, youth and juniors, uh, when it's easy and easy and when we go medium and hard, we go medium and hard. So, um, and keep to the schedule so you don't, uh, even if uh, they're age groupers, they're still uh, kind of uh, maybe playing around on the training and competing against their uh, uh, training buddies. I don't know. (laughs) That's how I see it sometimes. Uh, and then you need to be aware of that. So, so you really do easy when you easy, and and uh, uh, do the threshold. At, uh, that's also like a medium cannot go too hard because then it's the, not developing the the, the threshold or, or, or that thing. Uh, it's only when when you go a little bit harder, you can let it flow, so to speak. I think. Um, but but that should still be quite a small amount if you're doing uh, longer races so so you need to keep discipline in the medium and the easy yeah
0: Mm. yeah i agree i think that's that's a good point there about the medium often being something that people might overestimate how how hard they should go there Mm. and uh yeah it's something that we have talked about quite quite a bit on the podcast in the past as well Um, well one question actually that i don't have on our list but i'm quite curious how have your athletes handled this year the lack of racing and uh, the uh, still uncertainty that surrounds the the coming year How, how are they dealing with it from a motivational perspective uh yeah we just
1: had our yearly review here and, and we we had these two questions on, on this review because uh, like you said it's it's good uh a good learning uh to know what they think about it and and it's a what you say double edge <laughs> Uh they have lo- learned to to see that long blocks on training interrupted un- uninterrupted training is very good from them uh they don't go travel, so they just stay at one place in training that's also good for them uh, but also being more flexible because yeah, there can be a race in two weeks and it doesn't it's not cancelled yet, but uh, one week before uh, not one week but two or three weeks before they cancel it, and we we just need to uh, accept that. Uh, and on the other side, of course, they, they miss racing, uh, some athletes more than others. And, uh, but I think we sold it quite good with, uh, some, we still could had, uh, we, we still could do some running races and small swim races. Uh, the only thing we heard from that is we haven't done been doing triathlon uh, and i i, I agree <laughs> we miss triathlon
0: yeah do you have any a, anything that you advise the athletes that might suffer the most from not being able to do triathlon racing that might really suffer from a motivational perspective what what do you say to those athletes or what do you advise them to do <laughs>
1: Now we, we talk about it uh, and trying to get a perspective on it. Uh, we they are still young, so they need if their intention is to be good as as older athletes. Uh, they uh, need to keep going because of that. Uh, hopefully, Corona will not be uh, so far away to to go away. Uh, so that's been a good point for working with younger athletes then i can see that if you're at the end of your cycle (laughs) like uh, it was your last olympics uh, and it got uh, uh, moved to to another year that must be a different story
0: yeah and uh one final question uh what do you think about the state of triathlon in sweden especially but also in the in the nordics in general uh, where is it in its development uh is it do you see it as having progressed in the last five to ten years and where do you see it going what is the growth potential there and uh, yeah, i'm asking here specifically from a an elite triathlon perspective so like Talking about the Olympic pathway in particular, but but also if you want to comment on the long distance scene, then by all means you can you can do that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now, what I
1: see from my perspective, I mean, Norway is clearly clearly leading the way uh, with Aaril and uh, Gustav and Christian and Kasper and Lotte uh, doing a tremendous job there. I mean, they have take those athletes to the top. Um, So so they're doing something very good. And uh, from a youth perspective, I see that Denmark is doing a very good job. They have uh, what I can see very many youth um, uh, on their competitions. And uh, in uh, Sweden and Finland, uh, I don't see so much, uh, unfortunately. So, uh, I hope we can learn from Denmark and Norway when they are so close.
0: Mm. Do you think that uh, the reason that Sweden and Finland might be behind is more of a a setup problem, that the, the setup is not right, so, so the talent that exists there is not uh, developed as it should, or is it more of a culture thing that maybe triathlon has a bigger foothold in denmark for example because denmark is a bit closer to central europe and the climate is a bit more conducive for mm-hmm. uh, for triathlon that there actually is just a bigger pool of talent to choose from there because more people get into triathlon the same way that sweden and norway have a massive pool of cross-country skiing talent that might not exist in in other countries just because of the mm-hmm. culture
1: uh you can only speculate but i mean the hard work Ariel has done with that group is amazing, uh, I think. Uh, of course, he has a team, but uh, he, he for sure been one of the most driven coaches uh, and uh, also have been let to do what his vision is. Um, in Denmark, uh, I don't know, but they have some good success with uh, shielding and uh, uh, Rasmus Henning and uh, the other girls on the long distance uh, and as you say they're closer to, to Europe they are a really good cycling culture um, good in swimming as well uh, if that's maybe have uh, uh, helped them uh, uh, in Sweden we have <laughs> Lisa Nordien. Uh, uh, and I think that helped uh, but that was some eight years ago now, and um, to some extent it had helped, and but not in the same way as uh, as um, Denmark and, and Norway. And for Finland, I'm I'm not really sure. now.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know either, but from i i think that finland lacks both to be honest i don't think finland has a good setup but i also think that triathlon is just not at all ingrained in the culture there so mm. not in the in the youth anyway it's not a sport that really is even seen as an option for most young athletes to get into but again i'm not really i don't live in <laughs> finland anymore i haven't done that for three years so so it's speculation on my part but that's what i felt like at least when when i was living there
1: yeah i think you uh I think you need good leaders like Oriel uh, mm-hmm. taking some initiative and, and uh, pushing it. Um, I'm sure Denmark had has that too uh, in in the club environment and different. Uh, as I say, I can only speculate, but I think that. Um, so and then you connect to the athletes and they keep coming back, and uh, then you get some kind of. Uh, uh, like stars like Christian and Lotte and Gustav and Kasper and they draw attention and uh, and to the sport. Like uh, the swimming in, in Sweden is store stor, big, big. <laughs> uh, yeah. with with uh, Sarah Sjöström and uh, the other uh, really good swimming girls. Uh, so.
0: Yeah, certainly. Well, let's move on to the rapid fire questions. So, take just one sentence to answer each of these. And the first one is, what is your favorite book, book blog or resource related to triathlon or endurance sports?
1: I really love books and, and pods, uh, but my favorite resource is uh, my, my athletes, athletes and colleagues and my mentors. That's uh, where I see the
0: most gain here. Yeah. And what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? uh I would say my mountain bike. And what's a personal habit that
1: that's helped you achieve success? Uh, I'm very keen on looking for commonalities in what the best do, I think.
0: And uh what do you think? Can you give one example in triathlon? What the best do?
1: Yeah. Uh oh, one thing um oh, one thing uh, Uh, They they enjoy what they do. Uh, They really like training. uh, And uh, uh, they believe in themselves that they can... uh, can, uh, The athletes can believe that they can do it. And um, for training, it 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 in very much consistency.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Finally... um... So for for athletes especially those in Sweden uh, but as we heard you have had uh, people like uh, like Vasco <laughs> come mm-hmm. to your program so where can they find more information about about that? Uh
1: we have uh, the school has a uh, Instagram account so it's uh, rig triathlon uh, we're trying to update that with uh, just some training pictures and stuff that's uh, r i g uh, yeah triathlon yeah triathlon yeah and um, then uh, we have some uh, like i'm on instagram as well Joachim Villain, and uh, on twitter as well yeah
0: all right perfect mm. thank you so much uh, joaquin for taking the time to come on and do this interview it was a pleasure to to chat
1: thank you very much michael it was a pleasure to be here
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joachim as always you can find the show notes on scientifictriathlon.com. Stay tuned for Thursday when we have another Q&A coming out and then next Monday I interview Robert Gorgos who is the nutritionist of the Bora Hansgrohe World Tour Cycling Team. With uh, plenty of interesting discussions around how world tour cyclists fuel, what their nutrition is like and so on from somebody who is in the trenches with that day in and day out. If you are looking for training plans or coaching for 2021, then I would highly recommend that you check out what we have to offer on scientifictriathlon.com. Uh, i would suggest that it's very very good quality and that you won't be disappointed we have a lot of information available on the website and if you need more or want to discuss things then just contact me on michael at and that's michael with a k big thanks to our sponsors precision hydration you can find on precisionhydration.com go and get a free hydration plan and find out your individual sweat sodium concentration level and get 15% off your electrolyte products with the promo code that triathlon show five and thank you to roca that you can find on roca.com go and check out their wetsuits dry suits swimskins, goggles high performance eyewear and prescription glasses and sunglasses if you're looking to upgrade your equipment setup for 2021 one of the best things that you can invest in would be something like a really good wetsuit or trisuit. Those are both pieces of equipment that can make a huge difference. And uh, Roca's offerings there are really superb. So I highly recommend you check them out. You can get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can get on rocacom forward slash TTS. Thank you as always for listening. Keep training smart. Keep loving craft